Hello, everyone, and welcome to Subsegment, a show where we discuss all things queer, kinky, nerdy, and taboo. I'm one of your hosts, Irony. And I am Pop Noodles, your co host, and I welcome you to Subsegment. <laughs> Oh, there's we're starting we're starting with grunting. Yeah. No, I can't cut. <laughs> no, I don't think you should. Why not? Because it's funny. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Again. Hello. Every week it's the same thing. How do we start this? I have no idea. Let's talk in in a circle for a bit. Um. How are you doing? Meh. Mm. What's going on? Rough week. Yeah. We haven't uh, been able to do too much kink, and I think it's weighing on us. Mm-hmm. It's definitely having the um, withdrawals and the need for sort of rebalancing of just dynamics and things, I think. Mm-hmm. Getting a little wild and out of control. Yes. Yeah. So. Too tired. Too tired. Yeah, too tired to kink, but. Also, like, you should, you should always put in the energy to to try and have fun because mm-hmm. it always it's like working out. Sometimes you're like, oh, I could be lazy and just watch shows all night, or watch show all night, <laughs> spank somebody <laughs> <laughs> while watching a show. I mean, that's also absolutely possible. I would I would be into watching something and. Just getting having spank, spank time, yeah. I'm gonna put you in the VR and spank you. Ooh, that would be fun. But then I can watch you, watch you, watch. That's weird to say. I'm sorry. That's oh, the ultimate ultimate voyeurism. Yeah. Watch, watch you, watch, watch, watch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching you watching something as I. Yeah, it's the ultimate voyeurism. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So we've been we've been having a little bit of an off off time I think uh, in the last little while but we hope that you are doing marginally better at least uh, we had our first COVID scare that yes. was inter- interesting yes two years we've dodged sort of like even being really remotely worried yes. uh, other than you know your standard we're out in public we could catch COVID mm-hmm. but we went to a LARP event and then immediately like everyone just got sick well, everyone was mostly three people, so it's. But I mean, bad. out of like twenty, it's still a lot of people. Yes, for sure. The percentage is is high. Yes. Um, but you know, everyone's doing well, and we're really glad about that. Uh, we have the next couple weekends. We're going to be seeing Daddy and Bay. If- <laughs> I'm trying to close it and it doesn't give me the option. I'm sorry. It's okay. You're stressing me out. Uh, okay. Over the next couple weekends, we're going to see Daddy and Bay. Yes. So we're going to have some very fun stories, I hope. Yes. Mm-hmm. Unless it's just carnal passion the whole time. I mean, even if it is carnal passion, I think we'll have some fun stories. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it might not be as kinky as we think. It I don't know. I feel like people want to hear about how many dicks you can fit in your mouth at once. Possibly one. <laughs> <laughs> so far. <laughs> the other day I was thinking about docking and I was like, I think I could do that with Bay. Mm. Huh. Yeah. Easy enough. So, I don't know. Not that it was interesting. I think that's interesting, too. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of your genitals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We decided to do a little episode. um, I think that focuses on a lot of, like, the questions that a lot of people can't ask. Because it's, you know, it's hard to look up on the internet to really Mm. have a place to start. Um, It's inappropriate to ask trans people random questions about you know surgeries and stuff like that but we're partners and we're both trans so I feel like (laughs) we get a bit of a pass yes um but I also think that it it 
can open up for various discussions and uh, information that people might not have. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going on a breast augmentation journey myself, uh, top surgery. Well, it's not a breast augmentation. I know, but I'm, I'm getting reduction. Yes. It's being augmented. Like a cyborg. Yes. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm not having having things added, but I am being re- reconfigured. Yes. I don't know. In my brain, augmentation just means you get bigger. Oh, well, no. No? No. Oh. Yes. Okay. So, um, I'm I'm planning on doing that. And there are, all, as always, even though we've gone over it before, there are always sort of like steps and procedures. And there's so many things um, in Canada uh specifically that you have to go through mm-hmm. in order to just even start mm-hmm. uh anything mm-hmm. and so i wanted to ask you some 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 general and specific questions yeah and More as an ip to answer yeah and as always uh if if as we tell the guests if at any point you're ever uncomfortable <laughs> by anything that i ask feel free to tell me no i'm not comfortable with that and we will move right on okay <laughs> thank you mm. so let's start with a little bit about you yes um you are 29 now yes yeah almost in my 30 almost can I ask you when you realized that you were trans? Timeline or weird in my brain. Uh, it's, it's been so long now. Uh, I think it was in... Eight, 18? 2018? I think. Nine. No, it's further than that because you just fit, hit... Four year, five years on Testo? Yeah, I have to check because, like I said, I don't remember those things because it's been so long. So I guess it would be 16. 2016. Yes. So I was watching a video of people doing transition and like the time, time lapse kind of thing. Oh. And I was like, wow, I wish I could do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so my brain was like, well, that's not something that you should wish normally. So what's up with that? <laughs> uh, so then it was just, uh, you know, finding information on how to proceed with that. So, yeah. Uh, I think it was in summer, I think. Yeah. Yeah, in summer. Summer 2016. Okay. Um, I guess that would firstly take you a good amount of time to sort of like realize what you needed to do or what you wanted to do. I mean, that's ever changing, so it's hard to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I guess the real realization, because I got my first shot in November 2016 yes so it was yeah in the summer i guess yeah okay i'm trying to fit the timeline in my brain because it's been so long uh so i had a friend that was also a trans man that uh you know i knew of and uh, i basically reached out to be like hey what's the what's what's that feeling like (laughs) being dysphoric and uh not feeling like you're in the right body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, you know, just chatting with how oh, yes, those feeling and those things just feel like I do have that and I feel like that. Uh, I always felt very disconnected with my femininity because I, mm-hmm. I was a very butch uh, <laughs> a lesbian uh, back in the days, we could say. Uh, and I was also very, very like jealous of men and angry towards men in general, uh, which basically was just a form of jealousy uh, when I finally talked with uh, someone to help me figure that out. Uh, so it basically to help me transition, I needed to find a sexologist or a psychiatrist that do have uh, a certificate, you could say, with transgender issue people. Uh, that's basically it. So I asked my friend who 
uh, had a sexologue and basically gave me the number and I went to that person, uh, which is fantastic. I refer her to everybody that I know that are trans because she's just wonderful. Um, and it was basically her that gave me most of the broad idea of like uh, officialization wise what you need paper wise and diagnostic wise uh, to be able to fur your stuff in so okay um so let's talk about that paper wise mm-hmm. let's let's talk about just the the like not the hormones not like the body stuff let's talk about like the bureaucratic stuff first so the name so change name change uh license driver all that oh. you know well it's so much simple now uh before it was very complicated because you needed proof as to why you're doing a name change name change less but sex change sex and big quotation yes that's what they still use mm-hmm. uh you needed like proof of the doctor and like before like 10 years ago i think you needed even to have surgery to be able to have the sex change done on papers mm. so that was a very big uh, gatekeeping uh issue and very problematic of course uh so nowadays you basically just show up and do a name and sex change you don't need any proof or anything you can't give uh like a medical proof that you are being followed by a psychologist or a psychiatrist or whatever about that, that's going to just help the council to be like, yeah, this is a valid change. We accept it. Mm-hmm. But it's not mandatory anymore. So uh, uh, the paper itself is like a lot of feeling, feel, feeling the paper on places and bring like copy of your driver license and medical life, medical card. Uh, it's, basically just that but uh, the biggest thing is that you need to wait for a fucking long time because it's not just like they have to change your birth certificate which is mostly what you're doing mm-hmm. like doing a name change and a gender change uh, it's not just for the license you need the birth certificate to be changed before doing all those procedures mm-hmm. so what you're doing is basically changing the birth certificate itself uh, so after that it's basically a big six to seven month but first you have in those six months is like a letter to say you yes this passed the council or not if it doesn't pass the council here's the reason why you need to bring them the, those <laughs> items uh-huh. and you do the process again which happened to me like oh. i was missing uh one of my permit i think so my driving license so i had to go back and do it again um and then after that, it took a bit less time because they already have my file and everything. So like four months more until the official paper saying that, yes, you're going to have a name change in the coming month. <laughs> so then you wait another four to three months to have the official paper with the official birth certificate. Uh, and you also have to pay for all those procedures, which is not like a given. It's a hundred bucks and so. Yeah, because it's all uh, has to be like with the seal and everything yes. to be official. Yeah. This isn't the same, but when I switched, you not at all, but when I switched universities, I had to resend the same fucking paper eight times with a $50 charge every time Blech. because the university didn't even send it right. Blech. So, yeah. Yeah, that's annoying basically that yeah bureaucracy they like to make it hard to do yes. anything yes they make it hard for everybody to just give up and don't do it that's basically what is this thing yes um, and after that like it, you could say like it's not a year to fully have all those things it can be but normally like seven months you're supposed to be good and have everything mm. uh really depends on how much people doing name change and stuff like that so you know it's less complicated now. The process is basically more straightforward than it was before now. So that's good. Uh, but then after that, you have the birth certificate. So then you can go to um, the driving license place. Okay. Yes. The SAHAC. I don't know how it's called in English. The SAHAC. D- 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 car depot. I don't drive. I don't know. Yeah, the SAHAC. Yeah. It's in French and SAHAC. Uh, and then you can go to uh, Service Canada, Canada Services, and then you can do your uh, 
uh, name change for the card, medical card, and the uh, what it's called, the social number. Yeah, social insurance number. Yeah, so those are the things that you can do there. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they don't give cards anymore for the social number, so you have to remember what it is anyway. So, uh, but you know, you know, it's going to be changing the file, and then they're going to send you all those cards back in the mail with everything and that's when you have those official cards that you can now go to do banking and do those kind of things <laughs> and then you have all the other paperwork that you to do. yeah because it's a lot of paperwork yeah. <laughs> yeah but you know the cards it's less paperwork because you just show up with the birth certificate you just tell them you wish to redo it with your new name it's not that much of a hassle same for service canada you just put the paper on the table, I want to change this, and they just do it. Okay. They cannot argue with It's still anything. a lot of steps. It's, yes, but you have yeah. to do it. Uh, you know, They don't do anything for you. You have to change yes. all the cards for yourself. So phone services, uh, Hydro, uh, Quebec, uh, the bank, all your bank's account. Oh, did you have a one? Schools. Uh, did you have any that like really surprised you where you were like, ah, oh, fuck. Like... No, never. Because, okay. uh, yeah, I had a very precise list of everywhere to go hmm. the only place that i still haven't done since then is hydro quebec because i need to send a copy uh by mail and i'm always too lazy to do it <laughs> it's just that simple <laughs> and it's in fact i think now i could just send like a, a photocopy huh. yeah so i'm just so lazy <laughs> it's the only place that i didn't do it i was unaware of this we'll yeah. get this done for you yeah. <laughs> so you had all your name changes and everything. Um, in that time, between summer and your first dose of testo, mm-hmm. you had to do what to get there? Yeah, uh, it's pretty straightforward. Quite easy if you forget the timeline and have the all long wait. Uh, it's even longer now, but basically all you have to do Nowadays, to be able to have access to testosterone when you're a transgender person uh, is having three consultation with a sociologist or psychiatrist that have a formation. Uh, there's a precise name for the degree that they're going to have or like the certificate that they're going to have to do this. But you can easily find this online because now like they, they, they have it. Like yeah. you can see the seal and if, if they have that till, you know that they can give the right paper for you to have. So you have to do three consultation, which, uh, you know, can be very expensive depending on what you get. Uh, so it's sometimes 70 bucks to 100 bucks to just have tr- one consultation. Mm-hmm. So you have to pay for the three consultation and then you have to pay for um, a, a letters that officialize basically your... I'm going to make very big quotation here. Sickness. <laughs> yes. Because in Quebec, it's still recognized as a sickness. And the way to treat the sickness is to give testosterone and give those alleviation tools to remove the dysphoria. So it's not the sense that you're sick because you're transgender. It just officially, yes, it's a sickness, but you treat it in the right way to you know it's not to remove it from you yeah. it's a very different kind of system yeah. you have to be aware of um so it's basically just to tell you to confirm basically that you have dysphoria and here's the thing that that person wished to follow to remove that dysphoria and all of those things require a letter so for me i needed a letter to uh take the testosterone a letter to have top surgery a letter to have uh my uh, uh, hysterectomy. Uh, sometimes they just do one letter with everything in it because you know you want just the package still, and that's kind of easy. So that what I did. I wasn't certain certain at the time that I wanted hysterectomy, but I just did it in case. Um, so then you have also to pay for that letter to be done. So after that, uh, it's like I think now ninety dollar mm-hmm. at least. Uh, but that letter can follow you forever now. So whenever you have like a transgender issue that you need a doctor to be like, mm, I need a proof of that. Well, you have it forever because uh, they don't believe you if you don't have it. Unfortunately so that's, not. That's very important to understand. You need it. 
Yeah. Otherwise, they don't believe you. Yeah. Some family doctors are able to prescribe testosterone without it because they trust their patient enough for it, but it's not everybody. No. Um, so that's what I did during those times, finding the, my sociologist, having rendezvous with her, uh, and then have, you know, all those things. For me, it was very fast because I was in the time where it wasn't as much as... Uh, uh, often now, I would say. I don't know how to phrase this. but So I had basically them back and back every four, three weeks. Yeah. And then I had my letter like the, a month the, after. The need wasn't so much there. Yeah. So th so they had a lot more time. <laughs> yes. So I had my letter basically a month after. The longest thing was to wait for the endocrinologue to call me and find an endocrinologue to do this. Uh, my sexologist was, was very kind because she gave me a place to go. It was mm -hmm. a new doctor and needing for patients. So in a way, again, it was quite fast because I have the intel to find people and to get the doctor. But like I got it in November. So it's basically from like, I don't know, June, latest May till then that I basically had and not do. So it's like a half a year to be able to just get that nowadays it's around a year and a half mm -hmm. so it's a bit more complicated so then uh after that basically i needed to do blood tests before going to see him uh with like the level of uh hormones and everything that i have in my body and finding that information was very complicated to know exactly which thing that my family doctor needed to find and file in my paper blood uh, so again, I needed to turn with the community to find that, which, mm -hmm. you know, it's not that easy. But nowadays, a lot of family doctors have access to those papers to be filled. So it's very easy. Um, so I did that. And then I present, I went to the guy with my letter from the C and with my blood test. Uh, and I think my procedure to start the name change but i'm not sure because i think i did that way before because i wanted to be on testosterone to do that first. Mm -hmm. so uh yeah that's that okay hmm. can i ask you um a, i mean this is personal so maybe you don't want to answer can i ask you about your first uh injection for testo and how that was well, it was very stressful uh I was very sad because I, the way that the people were saying is that I needed to be assisted with a nurse to do it first. And I was like, this is just bullshit. I know I can do it by myself. Uh, so what I did is basically call um, one of my high school best friend, uh, who's a nurse. <laughs> so I was like, hey, can you walk me through this um, like video call? And that's pretty much how it went. So I was very fucking shaky. It took me like four minutes to just find the like, courage to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, just puncture the, your own skin is not as easy as it sounds. Nope. Um, We're literally made to stop doing that. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, I was very shaky and pale after. And uh, I almost like close to faint a little bit. Because it's a lot of stuff, but you know, it just felt like accomplishment to do it. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's a while back, so I don't remember much yeah. of the emotion itself, but I'm sure I was very happy. I'm going to take a brief moment of your time to discuss our social media. If you would like to email us, it's subsegmentpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash subsegment and Instagram at subsegmentpodcast. If you'd like to check out our super sexy website made by our very own in-house good boy, please head on over to subsegmentpodcast.com. And as always, you can find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts, as well as on Perth's number one online radio station, DRN1 United. Can we take a minute to talk about um, how you went about your top surgery yes that's, that's a big ordeal. that's very difficult and annoying uh we basically have only one place here in quebec that does it and they're very good surgeons so that's not the issue the issue is the paperwork that goes with it and the waiting line 
the waiting line can hop to two years now. And that's very long time to suffer with like dysphoria about your own body, uh, just waiting for that redemption to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was less than that. It was a year. Uh, so it was very long. Uh, but paper-wise, it was, I think now it's less intense. But back in the days, you needed your letter from the doctor, family doctor, telling you that you have a full health of bill to be able to get through surgery with the blood test to just verify everything with it. Then you needed the letter from your uh, sexologist to, you know, that person suffered dysphoria, just they need this to be healed, yeah, Yeah. whatever. Um, And then you basically had to also send photo of your chest. Uh, so they can see a little bit where you're going. Uh, and then it's not a lot of paperwork when you think about it because you already have those things. And when you visit your own doctor, it's easy to just do a quick health check and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, then you give those paper and you have no use for a very long time. You give them to whom? Oh, I forgot what it's called because it's been very long. The sur- The surgery place? Yes. Okay. So the place is the G, well, I guess it's in G- English, G- GRS Montreal. So that's who they did. Mm-hmm. And I was, you just send them by email all the papers. Just to like a, a who knows what email yeah. box and hope that you get a reception? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're going to send email and call back every three months to make sure that your file is being followed and pushed through. Otherwise, they don't do it. So you really have to push it and like to call them to make sure that they receive it. They are aware of it. Otherwise, it doesn't move. Yeah, you have to kind of remind the like, be friendly with the secretary who answers, the person who answers so that like, you know, they remember your name at least. And then. Yeah, I mean, they they have everything, but you know, it's just annoying that you cannot count on them to be able to do that part, but they have so many people. Yeah. Like it's hard for them to understand and follow all those fucking people wanting to get surgery. It's normal, but you know, you also your own little person and your own health is more important, you know, than the other in a way. And you absolutely have to be your own fighter in sort of this, this case. Um, Yes. You demands it. Uh, yeah. Like you have everything to have it. So. Oh, I've been arguing with my doctor yes, exactly. since we got him. <laughs> yes. Uh, so then, yeah, you have uh, then maybe in the six or seven or eight month, really depends on the weight, you get a pre-surgery uh, meeting with the doctor and the surgeon that you're going to have. Mm-hmm. You're going to talk about the expectation and the way that your chest may look and they're going to give you like the realistic of, you know, it may not look good, and you have to understand that we do our most best to be able to make it aesthetically pleasing by the, you know, bodies. It's, it's difficult. Over, it's already yeah. it's already hard to do that mm-hmm. kind of things. But they're very much good now than they were before. Uh, so, you know, don't worry anymore. They're very good. And they're the best in Quebec, and people from the state come here to get surgery here. Uh, so yeah and after that maybe after six months sometime three months really depends on your luck uh, you get a call to book your surgery date which can be then three to one month later after yeah so you know get you time a little bit to prepare for it Um, and then well you just have to follow the things that the nurse tell you on the phone so no eating for a while until you get there and you wait a little longer, maybe five hours before getting into the surgery, just to check on you if you're doing well. And then they, yeah, and they have to. And then, I know. Uh, but for me, it just feels like like I would progressively get more like stressed out. <laughs> oh, no. It's really, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but for me, it's just like resolution. Like uh, uh, you win this and it's just going to happen and there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, for me, it's just that. So, I mean, I have a lot of surgery. <laughs> yes. So for me, the stress of having one is not... I've never had yeah. surgery. So, yeah, for me, it's just 
resi- resilient. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. You I'm give resilient. up on it. You give just give up on it. You know it's gonna happen. There's mm-hmm. nothing you can do. So that's that. Yeah. Okay. So when you, so you went under, got yeah. your surgery, mm-hmm. woke up. How'd you feel? Like shit. <laughs> Like everybody feels like when they wake up, but it took me a very long time to wake up. So my mom was like there for uh, eight hours reading. It was fucking long. (laughs) And I'm a big sleeper, so I sleep a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, like I had so many layers on my chest. It was impossible to even know what Mm -hmm. happened. And everything was numb. So even harder to really have any idea. But, um, you know, the, the... the overall feeling is that you feel like shit, everything hurts, you just want to be home, and then when you're home, you just feel so uncomfortable because you cannot move anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like that for two months. Uh, so you have a very big, big ace bandage crushing you because it's just so the tissue doesn't move at all, so they just stick to your flesh and torso. Mm-hmm. So I know it's a bit weird, weird to say, but it's that. And then they also create like a, a weird weird pouch of liquid and a lot of um, uh, layers of uh, absorbing material Mm -hmm. between your nipple and the skin because they graft the nipple back on you, which is the biggest concern on every surgery is that because it can just fall off and you don't have a nipple anymore. So it's very, very dangerous and precarious to have. That's why they have things like leeches and other stuff they still use i don't know about that yeah they do i've never heard of liches on nipples really no. oh yeah they do it to bring uh, blood flow back to the skin well when it's purple it's a bit too late I guess. yes uh so i don't know uh, um so i think the f- after two weeks or one week, I think you can remove the ace bandage to, to have an idea of how the scars are looking and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a tape uh, under the scars just to basically make another protection and seal the, the things back together to be sure. Those going to fall off naturally as you wash and, you know, get the water on it. Uh, and your back is all fucking fucked up because you crouch so much because you cannot stretch your back because it just stretched the scars you really have to be crawling on your back and rolling your shoulder forward and like t-rex and a little t-rex and everywhere you cannot reach anything you really have just like the motion of your forearm because you stick your your uh elbows elbows on your side and that's for like a good two months of being very careful of movement and not lifting anything and mm-hmm. not reaching high, not slipping on anything. Uh, so it's very long. Uh, but for me, when we removed the ACE bandage the first time, you know, I have those big water thing for my nipple. It was very disgusting. And I, I legit almost fainted like mm-hmm. full on because like, it was just too much at the same time. That's uh, yeah, a lot of body stuff to just process visually after not looking at yourself for two months. Yeah, and also just, you know, always have my boobs for so long and now they're just gone like that, right? So it's just weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was just a lot disorienting. Uh, I wasn't too happy about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then slowly the day progressed, like, and it heals and go better. Uh, At some point I was like, this looks like just a frankenstein mm. chest it's not very pretty you know with all the scars and the suture and yeah. uh, so it looks not so great and it's very hard on the mind to that to watch uh, but i don't know the first days when i was able to not wear the ace bandage after a month because uh, like now the tissue are pretty much back in place and you don't have to worry too much about it so you put it mostly like during the day and at night then you can remove it after cleaning yourself for a while to give you a break and stuff. Because it's basically like wearing another binder, which mm-hmm. a binder is basically concealing uh, the breasts of trans men or trans individuals that don't want to have them. Mm-hmm. So it's basically the same pressure. So it's very hard and dangerous if you do it too long. But of course, the mid-scale, the mid-scale procedure is not the same. So you, it's, less, it's less tight, but still bad. Um, 
that was very relieving to remove and to put on a shirt for the first time and feeling the shirt against my chest bare. Like the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. And keep on thinking, oh, I forgot to wear something, which was unconsciously just a bra, right? Yes. And just going outside and be like, whoa, I'm, I'm, my nipples my are nipples. out. <laughs> 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 um, but I think what I liked the most in the beginning was able to take a shower. Mm. Yeah, and just feeling the water directly on it. Uh, but back then, I didn't like my chest that much. It takes a lot of time to readjust to that and to be like, this doesn't look like a cis man chest. And to me, that's still an issue till today. Okay. So I still have that, you know, I don't feel like this is what they look like. And then I don't like the way my nipple look, but you know, at some point maybe I will just give up on this and be like, I'm still happy though. Mm-hmm. Which is the case, I'm very happy. Like I wouldn't be happy to have boobs, of course not. Mm-hmm. But you know, well, I, I just wish it was better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, with the hair and everything, now I feel like it's more cool. It mm-hmm. looks better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and uh, that's something that you've were really hoping for right like yeah. is a lot of sort of like a hairy chest mm-hmm. that was something you were like even when we first met you were like oh i wish my hair was more hairy and that has in fact happened yes well one of, one of my very first memory ever is i wish i had a beard and i always wanted one like <laughs> since i was young mm-hmm. i was watching my dad and i was like i wish i had a beard like my dad so for me to be having a better beard than a lot of uh, cis men is very uh, vibrating in that mm-hmm. way. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's pretty much it though for the top surgery. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff, but you know you forget a lot of it because it's just I don't need it anymore. Yeah. Was it very itchy? <laughs> yes, but also I'm a sleeping is the worst because I'm a very side sleeper. Yes. And I couldn't do that for two months. It was fucking annoying. <laughs> so I slept very bad for mm. a whole time. Okay. We don't have too much more time left. Let's see what can I... Okay, let's talk about your hysterectomy. Sure. Uh, the procedure is basically the same. You just need to find the surgeon that uh, work with trans people and waiting to do the, the thing. But... Uh, I don't know now how it is, but back in my days, I needed a reason as to why I'm getting a hysterectomy because being transgender is not often the right... It's not enough. It's not enough, but sometimes it is. It depends really on who you get. Mm -hmm. And Uh, your age. Yes. For me, it it was not a dysphoric factor. I didn't care to have that Uh, because even with testosterone, I don't bleed. I wasn't bleeding, so Mm -hmm. it wasn't an issue at all. Uh, but the problem is that I had polycystic ovaries, so I was having enormous, very cramps mm-hmm. even before, and that was all the time irregular before. Also, mm-hmm. it was just you know annoying in general. Uh, so when I started testosterone and like a year or two in the process, I was having cramps that was so bad that I couldn't feel my legs for a full night. Oof. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. And uh, now I was like, well, this is not normal, obviously. And like, I went to see a gynecologist for that because I was like, can you can help? Sh- help, <laughs> it hurts. And I think I want it out. And I think it's the only way to not have those pains is basically to remove it. Um, and so I went and we discussed and um, she did the last test that I was needed to perform and Everything was healthy. Everything was going well. Uh, we just had maybe, you know, the Sotoran can affect a little bit of the dryness of mm-hmm. the tunnel itself and mm-hmm. can atrophy also the yes, itself. That's... So that's a lot of consideration to have. Uh, but it's also a regular thing that trans men have is bigger cramps become of it. And so a lot of trans do get them removed, not necessarily for the dysphoria factor, but for the health factor. Mm. Um and back in the day, everybody was removing ovaries without knowing exactly the consequences of that. So nowadays, they try to tell trans men to keep at least one. Mm-hmm. So they have a balance of hormones in it. Yeah. And why is that? 
Uh, well, when you don't have any natural hormones that your body produce, you're basically going to do cerebrals, which is like the bones. Cerebral palsy. Yeah. Yeah. So your bones just get bad and mm-hmm. soft. Weak and, and weak. easily breakable. Yeah. So then we understood that. Yes, you, because a lot of times people before just thought, only men just, have testosterone yeah. and women have the estrogen. But in fact, it's, it's No, a it's a balance of both. of both. It's just that one is crushing one the, the more. Uh, okay. Testosterone is just stronger than estrogen and progesterone, which is mm-hmm. just normal. Uh, but every cis, every AFAB and AMAP people have both. Yes. It's just a level. Uh, so for me, I still have one ovaries because I find that important for my health. And yes. in the future, when I'm going to be 50, I need that fucking yes. <laughs> hormones so I don't die in 60. <laughs> yes, yes. We, we like to keep you to, so, to an older age, please. Yeah, but also not have like a bone disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the process of that is just a bit like every process near that region so like when you remove you know that um the balls that helps you eat uh, that goal, get, goal. get get bigger and explode in your body oh mm-hmm. that's the for raw food yep 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 appendix yeah so when you get that that's a bit of the equivalent of that surgery so through the belly button yeah so they do four incision three little holes and they put little arms in it and they cut it and then they remove it from the uh, vagina so they go in and remove it from there and then they suture the hole and close it back oh interesting yeah wait was not aware of that yeah now otherwise they have to do a full incision to remove it oh yeah that makes but they sense. use their own canal that's already there to uh yeah i didn't know that that's very genius but then you know for someone that never did much penetration before that when i woke up i was in fucking pain oh my god <laughs> and yeah. i was like what the fuck happened because i didn't know they would pass by that uh so but the thing when i woke up and i was like i'm in pain and this region hurt what happened the nurse already like just first time told me they remove it from that that's normal that you feel pain there. yes so <laughs> you know <laughs> like i guess my doctor like forgot a little bit that, oh yeah so, to, to work to, that into, to work the... that, into the thing. <laughs> that happened you know yeah uh, also when you don't ask questions you don't have those knowledge so I, yeah for me it was just like oh they're gonna just do a big incision or they're gonna remove it from under the hole they're gonna suck it through yeah right I didn't, I didn't have a question so for me like but when you think of it it's just fucking normal that yeah. yes that hole is already there just go get it. And, yes. And then they use my ovary and they stitch it to one of a little cord that I have in my body that was just, oh, that's a weird body cord and just attach that to it. So now it just produce eggs and just fall into me and that doesn't create it and doesn't tank great in my body and that's just easy like that. Cool. But it took like another two months of, uh, you know, slowly healing and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Um, there are other surgeries which you have not had and you may not have interest in there. We don't have a lot of time left. Mm -hmm. Um, but do you want to maybe run over them? Because I know that you've looked into them. Yeah. There's a, well, there's two big one, phalloplasty, which is the constitution of a full phallus. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they use either a pump or like a rod to make the phallus and use like a graph of your skin, of your tie, of your arms. Uh, and it's a, a lot of skin. Like yeah. you, the scar is not pretty. Like you, you, it's like all levels of skin. So your arms is basically going to get so thin because of the layers of skin they remove. And then they use the graph of your tie to recover that arm that they use to do the phallus. They also cut a small uh, vein of your arm to be able to uh, do the rest of the urinal tract. Mm-hmm. Urethra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the procedures. They use a little uh, silicone balls to do the testicle. Mm-hmm. They use the big lips of the vagina to do that. Yep. Maybe a majora. Yeah. So they use that to reform that that way. Or um, minora. I don't know. I don't know body part that much. Okay. And that's why I say big lips and small lips. It's okay. easier. Um, and then the other one is metzioplasty, which for me was the 
most way that I wanted to look at, uh, which is basically it's release the clitoris. I'm gonna use big quote that that's not how I call my dick because yeah. it's a dick for me. It's um, a dick for me too, baby. So that's how I, I'm just gonna use the medical term for that. Mm-hmm. So they release the clitoris so it's longer because with testosterone things get very grow. They grow and they get yes. longer and they get bigger. The clitoris just enlarge very yes. much. It's very much just having a dick. Yes. Um, so that surgery basically released the like the, the it just like push it more further well what i understand is that it like re- there's like a little spot where it's connected down to the base of the like uh, like pubic mound mm-hmm. and then by releasing it it allows it to just kind of spring forward so yeah. making it less aerodynamic i suppose yeah <laughs> it gets longer and get a better erection i could say mm-hmm. um and then you have a choice to either close your canal which you know, a lot of trans men does because they don't use it or it's just dysphoric. Mm-hmm. And then have, uh, again, the silicone balls with the the bigger lips. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then they create the sacrum with those things. Uh, so it kind of looks like a dick. To me, I find it more aesthetically pleasing, more natural. But that's my preference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I was more interested by that. Uh, and you know, it's it's main. It may not look like a very cis man deck, but to me, it's not that. For me, it's just the comfort of seeing something a bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, for me, it's I'm not interested in getting that until not now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been so long. I have so many surgery. I don't need more. And I feel very comfortable with what I have, mm-hmm. even though, yes, I do get this for it because that's just how life is. Yes. But most of the time, I don't think about it. And like, I like what I have and that works well for me. So mm-hmm. if ever I do get surgery, it would be in the metoplasty realm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would get the balls. I don't think I would close my opening. I think I would just get the release of the bigger mm-hmm. clitoral area. Mm-hmm. So... Like, is it even worth it to do? I don't think so. So that's why I rather wait until yeah. I mean, f- something change. Like, I think we're both very much proponent for like we have no problem with people doing the things that they n- need to make them feel no, good. No, exactly. But, like, it's very much your own journey. Yes, um, and everybody have a very different vision that I have. Like, some trans men need to have phalloplasty, yeah. and that's their end goal, and that's just fucking fine. Yeah, and. Like they don't consider themselves not having that. Yeah. But uh, you know, that phalloplasty is three surgery every year. And it's a lot of time mm-hmm. of healing and problematic. And there's for me what I think is more there's more problem than yeah. any resolution. Yeah. The possibility of problems is the risk is too high for yes. your reward. Yes, and the rejection they happen mm-hmm. very often that's why metoplasty is a bit less in that matter because it's more natural uh, procedure to just release it mm-hmm. uh, if you have the implant then you risk to have a re- rejection so that's why i wouldn't get it mm-hmm. uh, with phalloplasty just the ure- urethral canal like worst fucking thing ever yeah and you have a history of yeah kidney stones yes so, so i cannot i cannot i just cannot uh imagine having, having fistula in your urethral which is like a small hole in your urethral tract yeah so like your pee go everywhere inside of you no thank you i'm very scared of that mm. <laughs> so yeah but you know some people do it there's no problem and it works super well and other people have to do five surgery because it fucks every time Mm -hmm. so that's not something i'm willing to spend my time on absolutely valid Mm. Uh, and it's important if you do choose to do those sort of things we're going to do a shit ton of research yeah well there's a lot of research for it yeah so yeah that's my little uh, crash down of bureaucracy and their operation yes for trans people uh from your experience i mean i'm i'm i have definitely benefited from your information in the past this is why i am on the road that i am currently on uh now 
Mm-hmm. Getting Testo done my own. Yeah, and uh, your first shot was last week. Yeah, by yourself. My my, my first by myself shot. Yeah, yeah. I, I stuck the needle in and everything. I mm-hmm. was a lot better than I thought I'd be. Yeah, yeah. but I, mean, I did absolutely have that. Ooh, my body really does f- not want to stab yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So mm-hmm. tattooing is going to be something. <laughs> yes. Well, it's not as long, right? So no. It, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Tattoo is different for yeah. sure. But. Uh, Thank you very much for being open and uh, realistic with sort of like your your experience because a lot of times I find when I hear about this it's 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 quite often like oh, I felt so great and blah 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 no, it's you very know demoralize, demoralizing demoralizing yes most of the time mm-hmm. when you make progress then you feel good but you're still in that loop until you get one of the step done mm-hmm. and for me I wasn't happy until I got top surgery okay. So that's like a two years of waiting step after step to be done. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when I got the stereotomy, I was in fact very stressed. And that was the first time that I was not sure to get surgery. Uh, but I did it because I don't want to get in pain every fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, I felt better. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say like so well, it- three, four years. It's hard to say. Because I had a lot of other struggle during after having all the surgeries that I wanted, and then it was to find balance and those a lot related to sexuality for me. So mm-hmm. when I finally nailed that down, I was a bit more happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I would say my five years of testo, let's say, transition is my best one. Like trans trans wise like i don't think about it anymore mm-hmm. like i never think about it most of the time unless i'm feeling dysphoric mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty great though that's, yes it... but i mean you know when they see the very classic it gets better it does get better like Just people don't yeah people like fucking shit on that but it's real like yeah. it gets better yeah and you just have to power through it and like like, I legit don't think much about it. And it doesn't make me as sad as I was before. And I just feel like this is where I was supposed to be, like, seven, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to be able to have that now. Mm-hmm. Well, man, thank you for sharing. Yeah. And thank you for listening. Of course, uh, if you have questions or comments or Anything like that, you can shoot it to us. Yes. Yeah. It's my pleasure to answer. Yeah. So, on that, stay kinky, stay safe. I'm Noodles. And I'm Irony. Bye. Bye.